Hi, everybody. It's uh, Jim Crocker with episode one of the uh, of the Jim Crocker podcast. Uh, you know, I didn't want to call it the Jim Crocker podcast, but I didn't know what else to call it. It's it's actually really really hard to come up with a uh, with a good podcast name. And uh, I guess if I was going to keep the podcast super focused on on something really really specific, I guess I that might make giving it a name easier. But uh, I'm not going to do that. We're going to wander uh, all over the place. Um, I run a business that's focused on corporate governance. I do a lot of work on on strategy and role of the CEO. I spend a lot of time on Twitter. I, you know, I, I, I've got a bunch of contacts in, in different businesses. And, you know, I think there's a lot of learning that I get that um, I think maybe, you know, uh, interesting to to share and 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 could be some some, some learning in, in in doing that for for me and 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 for others. So uh, hopefully create an interesting podcast. This isn't my first time doing a podcast. I did it a couple of years ago. Really enjoyed it, but uh, got tired of all the technical work. I'm I'm using uh, Anchor now, which hopefully will make things easier, and uh, we can focus on keeping stuff uh, really interesting. So here we go, episode one, and uh, you know, let's see where we go from here. Okay, so I thought we'd start off the podcast this week. Let's get into it with a, with an episode that I'm going to call "Why the Hell Would You Say That?" And uh, the objective of "Why the Hell Would You Say That?" is for me to go back semi blindly and look at some of the answers I've given to business questions on Cora. I don't know whether you ever go to Cora or not, but somehow years ago, again, just me trying things out, I got on Cora, but it's never. It's like it's never abandoned me. It, it keeps following me around. It keeps keeps sending me questions. I don't know what happens to the answers to the questions I give, but I probably spend about I don't know ten minutes uh, a month, right, answering questions. And and I you know I only answer the ones where I think I have an answer to, and and uh, I answer the ones I think I, I find interesting. But uh, you know this is a great opportunity. I thought what a great opportunity I can go back and as opposed to you know just writing it down, I can actually give some background on. Uh, what the hell it was I was thinking when I gave those answers. Because sometimes I wonder if my answers make any sense. So I just want to, you know, the, the question this week I want to, this is, this is from Cora. The question was, what is some advice for a millennial beginning a professional career? Now, I found this an interesting question because aren't we into like Generation Z now? So like, aren't millennials in their 40s or something like that? So I thought this a bit interesting that this would be a millennial starting their career. But I I, I have some advice. I, I here's, Here was my answer. My answer was learn how to work remotely, right? As your career progresses, you will be glad you're not tied to the office and you can start a side hustle and then you can run your own business. So that's my advice for someone who's starting off their professional career right now is, is whatever else you do and you should probably learn how to sell and you should probably learn how to speak and you should probably learn how to get to the office on time and things like that because that's, that's stuff that'll really, really help in your career. But seriously, Learn how to work remotely. Learn how to work from your house without having to be motivated. Learn how to work from you know your condo. Learn how to work from Florida when you're on vacation, because when you do that and get really really comfortable with that, right, you're gonna be able to take on jobs as you go through your career where you don't have to be at the office. And not having to be at the office is a great thing, especially when you're no longer a millennial, but you would like to, and I don't mean this in a bad way, but you'd like to have some freedom, 
you'd like to golf, right? You'd like to spend three weeks in Florida as opposed to going there just on March break when everybody else is there, right? You want to rent an Airbnb or you want to rent a condo or you want to do whatever, and you can work just as well from down there, right? Or from Europe as you can from, you know, wherever it is you're currently working. So learning how to work remotely is, I call it a skill because I know lots of people who actually aren't very good at it right? They need to be in the office. They need to be seen. They need the social part of it, right? They need to be, they need to do whatever, but it really, it's a, it's a, uh, it ties you down, especially as you get older and you don't want to be tied down. So, so my advice, right? If you're a millennial starting off your professional career is learn how to work remotely. I guarantee, right? When you're no longer millennial, you will think it's one of the coolest skills that you've that you've got so uh i think that might be that might be a good one so quick apology for the uh, the awkward ending of that uh, of that last segment uh, as i was answering the question i was actually looking out the window and there's a lot of snow out the window and it's really really bright so when i stopped answering the question and i came to look back at my computer screen because anchor has such a great interface i actually couldn't see my screen so i didn't know how to stop the recording so the recording went a little longer than it, than it did and i haven't figured out how to edit it yet so it was kind of an awkward uh, kind of an awkward ending there but uh, it'll work out and and uh, hopefully i'll get better as i go along so the final segment of uh, this week's uh, podcast episode uh, i want to uh, cover something we're going to call what you missed on Twitter this week. And uh, the objective here is, you know, I'm, I'm on Twitter, follow it actually quite a bit. I find it, I find it really interesting. It's, it's um, uh, still learning how to use it despite the fact that I've been on it since, since 2008, but I've got a, I don't know, 1500 followers or something like that. So I do see some interesting stuff. I just wanted to share something that I had seen and actually tweeted out about this week. It's from a fellow named, uh, Eugene Wei, W-E-I. Eugene's a fairly accomplished fellow. Some of you probably know him. He's the former head of video at uh, Oculus. He was the head of products at Flipboard and Hulu. And uh, he went to school at, uh, you know, an alumnus of Amazon and Stanford. So he's, uh, you know, a lot smarter than I am, let's put it that way. But it run absolutely, and I just came across it, absolutely fascinating uh, I believe it was on Medium article. So it was this fascinating article on something called status as a service, right? So not software as a service, but status as a service. Um, and really the notion of how these, a bunch of these social platforms, Facebook, Flickr, Twitter, uh, platforms like that really serve as a, um, you know, as a, as a platform for, for building status. And, and, because he's way smarter than me, I'm simply going to read. He did a tweet storm that really summarized this really, really long but thoughtful article that he did. And I'm just going to read some of his tweets because they're, yeah, I think you'll find them interesting. Um, so I'm just going to go through these in, 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 in a bit of a not so much random, but I won't cover everything, but just see, uh, see what you think. So he starts off, a whole class of companies are better understood as status as a service, which he shortens down to S-T-A-A-S. Stas businesses. This is especially true of social networks. Status of service as a service businesses are best analyzed along dimensions of social capital. They build off two key principles. People are status-seeking status monkeys, which I'm sure we all are, um, and people seek out the most efficient path to maximizing status. So that's, that's the, those are the principles upon which these networks are built. 
Social networks can be analyzed along three dimensions of competitive advantage, social capital, utility, and entertainment to build off traditional network effect theories. I'm not sure what that means. I think it means it does make it way easier to, to, to make the argument that Eugene's making. It's easier to focus on the first two, the first two being social capital and utility. So how, how much social capital, how, how important, how big can you become, and then how useful is the platform, which if you think about platforms like Twitter or Facebook or whatever, you know, if you look hard enough, you, you start to see some of the utility that's in there. Um, all staff's businesses have their own proof of work to enforce scarcity of status, right? You got to work at it. You can't just show up is, is his point. Clever lip sync and dance numbers on uh, musical.ly, uh, TikTok, and short quip on Twitter, beautiful photo on Instagram, insightful answers on Quora, etc. Look at that. Insightful answers on Quora. I just did that. Um, you know, are a way to, you have to have this proof of work in order to build status. Uh, proof of work is critical in Stas businesses because it defines the scoreboard which users compete on. It separates users by their skill at the proof of work and creates a relative status ladder. It is interesting, right? So I'm reading this and thinking I'm on Twitter. In fact, I do this weird thing where I drift into Quora, you know, sort of once a month. And I'm thinking, geez, is that, is that why I do it? I never thought of I was doing it because I'm a status-seeking monkey, but apparently that might to actually be explain why I spend the time I do doing what I do, although I really thought I was just learning something that's really interesting. But maybe I really am a status-seeking monkey. Status seeking monkey. Um, early Twitter has a lot of dull life updates. Then Favstar and Favorite came along and provided a global scoreboard for all to see. This launched comedy Twitter. The entire tone of content on the service changed. Prisma has a magical photo filter app that applied fine art styles to any photo. But that was a poor proof of work because the skill was all in the filter, not in the photographer. So the Prisma social network was doomed as a status game. Right? Really interesting. Listen, this, this is interesting. Facebook had one of the greatest founding proof of work filters of all time. You had to have a harvard.edu email address. Right? At Brian Hobart theorizes that the cooler the early adopters, the faster and longer it can grow, or what, or what he calls the glide path theory. So pretty, pretty interesting stuff. Let me see what else I can find. Durable status games need mechanisms to reward new and skilled users so that more experienced users don't dominate, right? Need mechanisms to clear out old money, right? Has stagnated to make way for new money. Really interesting, right? Some of this old money is probably like 22 years old. Um, that's, that, that's interesting. Um, copying proof of work in Stas businesses tends to fail because they duplicate an existing status game of an incumbent just with a non-existent graph. A duplicate status token with much less liquidity is worthless. So that's kind of interesting. Let's, let's keep going here. People, I love this one. People are fast learners when given instant feedback. Social networks like Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram provide constant scoring on every post, powering a feedback loop that has created a generation of expert signalers. I think that's that. that I think that is so true, right? We learn how to do it. Oh, actually, I just said I haven't learned very well on Twitter, but I, if I think if I paid attention, I think if I tried harder, right, I would. The signals are there for me to adapt very quickly to what it would take to become at doing what I'm what I'm trying to do. Uh, an observation on young people: young people juggle multiple identities in parallel status games. One persona at school, one at home with family, one with boyfriend slash girlfriend, etc. They often need to abandon identities. Therefore, a single identity network like Facebook is not a great fit for them, right? So it's it just really, really interesting in terms of how it applies to young people. One of the points he, he, that, that, that Eugene makes is, is how um, 
social networks especially and the need to adapt quickly, young people are not only much better at it, but in fact they need it more than those of you know those of us who are older because they don't have the car, the property, the you know the the job, the title, the whatever else it is that we don't even think about, but in fact are are those status things that we that we have. Uh, younger people, in fact, one of the first things they can they can grasp and become very good at are a bunch of these social platforms that help build their status right so really really uh really really interesting um take on social networks Uh, i'll I'll put the link to the article uh and to eugene's twitter uh into the into the show notes uh for this but uh, you know i I think of a couple things when i when i look at this one it really helps understand a bit of the competition uh, that goes on uh, on these networks. But I also think of a bunch of startups and people I've talked to who are thinking of starting up um, network-type businesses and social status-type businesses. And there's a lot of clues in here on how to um, you know, not get it right, what the drivers are, to miss some of those drivers, to explode some of those drivers, and either sort of grow a, grow a, you know, it's, it's very, very difficult to build the next Facebook. It's very, very difficult to grow the next Instagram. And I think there's some serious clues in here on what, you know, a, a startup founder would need to pay attention to uh, and need to get right in order to be lucky enough, quite frankly, to build the next great social network. So I think uh, interesting article, as I say, I'll, uh, I'll put, it's called uh, Status as a Service, and I'll put the link into the show notes. Uh, that concludes uh, the episode uh, the, 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 for this week's uh, podcast. And uh, we will, uh, you know, hopefully sometime next week, get back and do our, uh, and do our second episode. Thanks for listening.